Well, I have the honor and the pleasure of getting to deliver the word this morning. Our amazing, there's not enough words, honestly, to encapsulate our pastors, Pastor Robert and Pastor Taylor Madhu. And I wanna, I wanna make sure to give honor where honor is due this morning. If they're watching, I, I hope they're not, I hope they're relaxing, but if they are watching this morning, I just wanna say that y'all are so amazing and the way that you have touched my family's life, and I know I speak for so many people in the room, your transparency, your humbleness, the way that you yield to the Holy Spirit is just unmatched. And I believe it is exactly what the church and what the world needs today. So I honor you, Pastor Robert, Pastor Tabiel. Love you so, so much. Can't wait to see you all. Yes, help me honor them. All right, I won't keep y'all standing. I need to remember my iPad passcode. Amen, in Jesus' name. So I get to bring the word today and if any believer worth his salt runs into a situation where they don't know exactly what they do, I do what any believer worth their salt would do. I went to the Holy Spirit and I said, what do you want me to speak to your people today? And I very clearly heard the Holy Spirit say to me that we have endurance issues in the church today. And I said, that's great, Lord. Do you have anything else? Is there anything else in that word that you can give me um, that I could talk about for about 35 minutes? That would be wonderful. But what I came to understand was it wasn't just in the church of social Dallas, but it was in the church, the capital C church, that we have these endurance issues. So I want to read a scripture real quick that's going to kind of define and guide our, our talk today. And it's going to be Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. If you have your phone, pull it out or, or your Bible. There's no, uh, no judgment on whether you go digital or hard copy in this house, right? But if you're there, say amen. If you need a minute, say hold up. Jeez. I was one scripture. I was confident that we would kind of land it, but it's all right. So we're going to Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. And while you get it, I wanna just quickly introduce myself. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Social Dallas. And to be honest, thank you. I appreciate y'all so much. To be honest, I have to pinch myself when I make that statement sometimes because to be here with all of you is, it is a dream, you know, to serve under Pastor Robert, Pastor Taylor, the amazing staff that we have. Can we give it up for the staff? A lot of y'all, you're nameless, you're faceless, you don't know exactly who they are, but they make this happen every week. Um, but to be here, I really do pinch myself and my amazing wife, Pastor Keenan, she's over there. I'll tell you. Let me give you a fair warning, okay? I, I just wanna be honest, we're family today. I might cry today, okay? But I promise you, I'm not going through it, I'm not breaking down, I just, I'm an emotional person, okay? So fair warning. But my wife, Pastor Keenan, I would not be a quarter, an eighth, I would not be anything near the person that I am without her today. So I honor my wife, Pastor Keenan, so much for who she is and just, just the, the man that she's called out of me. So I love you so much and I honor you. We have two kids. So we've been married for 13 years this year. In December, it'll be 13 years. So we are, we're going strong. Pray for Pastor Keenan. She needs a lot of help in prayer. 
Um, we have two kids, Emma and Noah, who should be watching from Cincinnati right now. They're up with their grandma for a couple weeks of vacation and not Pastor Keenan and I not knowing what to do without them. Um, but uh, we love them so much and I want to say hi to them. Um, but a little background on me. I, I got saved when I was 12 years old. Up, uh, I grew up in a, in a pseudo-Christian household because my dad talked about Jesus. My mom prayed with us, but we never really actually went to church or anything like that. We just knew about Jesus. So the first church that I can actually remember going to was a little southern gospel church, mostly a bunch of old white Texans and Oklahoma people. Um, but I got saved in that church under Pastor Jerry Toddy and um, can I tell you, can I be honest about Pastor Toddy for one second? I don't remember one word he ever preached. I don't remember. I mean, I probably, if I opened a Bible and landed, you know, my finger on a scripture, he probably preached on it, but I don't remember one thing he ever said from the pulpit. What I do remember about him was the way that he loved me. What I do remember about him was the space that he created him and his wife, sister Linda created for me to encounter Jesus I remember when she used to lead worship and they were an older couple and she would just begin to cry and man, the Holy Spirit would just fill the room. And I remember being a young boy in that church and starting to experience things that I didn't even have language for, which I later came to understand was the presence of God. But I wanna bring that up to you this morning because it's, it's not really part of my sermon, but I realized this, that so many of us, we wait on a platform to preach the gospel when as admittedly as I said, I, I never remember one word that he ever uttered about the gospel. But what I do remember is how he lives. So many of us, we will wait on a platform to begin to preach the gospel and we completely forget the fact that our lives are preaching a wordless sermon to those around us. We completely forget that with all our actions daily, we are preaching a sermon now, whether that sermon is the gospel or whether that sermon is something else is completely up to you, but I wanna remind you that the way that you respond to your husband or wife, it's preaching to your kids. That the way that you respond to your boss when they tell you something you don't like, it's preaching to your coworkers. That the way that you relate to the world around you is preaching a message right now. And I'm a person that wants to lock eyes with the king and say, I pray that every single day when I walk out my front door that I am preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Holy Spirit said we have endurance issues. And I know that you've been standing for a while now, but I, I hope that you are sustained in that. So Hebrews 12:1, do we have it? Amen. So let's read that together and then I'll let you be seated. So Hebrews 12, one says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and every sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Jesus, we just come before you today, Lord, and we just thank you that you would help us today to hear from you, hear from your spirits, uh, and just help us pick up our endurance. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. you may be seated, you may be seated. Touch your neighbor and say, thank God we can sit down. <laughs> so 
So I felt the Lord say to me, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that we have an endurance issue in the church today. And I wanna, I wanna start off, I wanna help you, I wanna define the term endurance so that we are on common ground and we understand what we are talking about. So endurance is the fact or power of enduring. Pay very close attention to this because this has a lot to do with what we're talking about. The fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. I'm gonna read it again, because that'll preach by itself. The fact, endurance is the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. So when I read that, I understood very quickly that what the Holy Spirit was telling me is that we are becoming a people that are adverse to hardship that we are becoming a people that is so addicted to the quick hit of winning, the quick hit of getting what we want, a quick hit of getting our prayers answered, seeing things come through, that we are becoming more addicted to victory than we are to his will. And anybody who's been saved for any amount of time, you know that the faith is an endurance race. It's a marathon. It takes time, it's seasonal, it's a long process, but there's so many of us in the room today, and I'm guilty of it too, that we wanna treat it like it's a sprint, right? You wanna get from point A to point B as quickly as you can. Point A is the time that you pray, and point B is the time that it comes to pass. But we're so addicted to not facing hardship that we've begun to treat our lives more like an escape room instead of the journey that it really is. What do I mean? I mean, we start to frantically look around our lives for clues or keys that will expedite the process of the unpleasant season that we are in. I have absolutely done it. I start looking around and I remember one season when I was working at a job I didn't want to be at and I was like, God, I promise I'll get that guy saved. I'll get that guy saved. I'll get that guy saved. Just move me on. I'll read 10 times a day if I need to. I'll fast. I'll pray. Tell me whatever I need to do to get out of this. So we start looking for the quick way out, the quick exit to alleviate the uncomfortable season or situation that we are in. But it's a marathon. It's a marathon that is full of ups and downs and wins and losses. So to have endurance in this Christian faith, let me tell you what it isn't. Having endurance in the walk is not having a scripture in your Instagram bio. Oops. I'm sorry. I, I thought everything was fair game this morning, but maybe not. Having endurance in this is, is not showing up on a Sunday. Having endurance is, is not checking off boxes. Having endurance is, is having the ability to wait on God. And some of y'all, you have your arms crossed. I, I can see you all pretty well from up here, just to let you know, I'm just, no judgment. But. Some of y'all, you're, you're sitting with your arms crossed and you're like, I am waiting on the Lord for your information, <laughs> FYI. But here's the thing about endurance. It's not just about waiting. It's about waiting the right way. 
It's about waiting with the right attitude and the right heart and the right mindset. Because so many of us will go through difficult seasons and we'll say, well, I'm waiting. No, you're just not getting what you want yet. That's not waiting. That's just impatience. So we wait, we wait on the Lord, but we don't do it the right way. And then we wonder why the season feels like a total waste. And I'm honestly shocked because of the times that we live in. We live in very interesting times, you know. Fitness is at a peak value in our current culture. I remember the first time I walked into Social Dallas, I thought I was at a Barry's boot camp. There is so many fit people in this church. It's irritating. So many fit people in this church. And so we, in a culture, the fitness industry in the U.S. alone is over $30 billion industry. So we value, we value the endurance, right? Anybody who's gone to the gym, right? Look at the guy with the muscles near you or the girl with the, you know, I'm not going to, yeah, anyways. So look at the person next to you that's fit, right? And you know that they've endured some things because they get up every single day and they go to the gym and they do something that's completely unpleasant. You can't tell by looking at it. I've been to the gym before, okay? They do something that's completely unpleasant three, four, five, six, seven times a week to attain their goals, right? So we are in a culture that values endurance, right? We, all these ultra marathon runners, if you, have, if you are one of those people who has like a 13.1 sticker on your car or 26.2, right? We value those badges of honor of endurance. And here's what the Bible says about the physical training. So in, in 1 Timothy 4, 8, it says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness or spiritual training is of value in everything, in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. So we're in a culture that values the physical training more than we value the spiritual training. And can I tell you that how I know that that is a true thing is because we have more marriages ending in divorce than ever because we value the physical endurance, but not the spiritual endurance. Because we have all the ability to hit the gym and do something completely insane and uncomfortable, but we have no ability to sit in something that is hard and trust God for the outcome. PR mentioned it last week, right? Uh, he said that I've never seen a person do one sit up and an ab pop up or else I'd be doing them every day but I've never seen somebody come to church one Sunday and their life get sorted out. But if I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say, I tried God, it didn't work out for me. I tried praying, didn't work out for me. I tried Jesus, but it didn't really work out for me. But if I was a betting man, I would put money on the fact that I don't think that they tried it for very long. I don't think that they had the endurance to carry them through. So the Bible says that the promises of God are yes and amen, right? But sometimes there is a time period between the yes, I want your promise, I want your will for me, and the amen, it is done. And sometimes we can't calculate exactly how long that time period is going to be. But so many of us today, for whatever it is that we're believing for, we do not have the endurance to carry us from yes to amen. 
because we want it quick. We need to build up our endurance for that time in between yes and amen. We need to become a people that we can sit in this suffering, right? And suffering's a big word. We don't really like that. We don't really talk about that too much, right? Can't really think of the last time I heard someone use the word suffering in conversation outside of today. But suffering happens in so many different ways, right? It's, it's waiting for an answer to prayer. It, it's being a friend to someone who nobody wants to be a friend to. It's not seeing things come through the way that you want them to and still trusting and believing that God is going to move. We don't want to suffer that way. We want to yes and amen as quickly as possible. I prayed, Lord, I'm waiting. I said yes, I need your amen like today. But back when I was actually working out and stuff, because it's been a minute, I'm not going to lie. Back when I was actually working out, I, I actually found out something very interesting that my trainer uh, shared with me. And uh, he was talking about the differences in muscle fibers, right? Because we were doing a lot of like CrossFit, but then also through some running and stuff and that. He said that there's two different types of muscle fibers that are primarily used for things like running or lifting weights. Um, one is really good at releasing lower amounts of energy. Stay with me, okay? There's something in this. Releasing low amounts of energy, but not getting fatigued very fast. And we can call those endurance muscles, right? Then there's another type of muscle that's really, really good at quick releases of muscle or quick releases of energy. So for things like jumping or sprinting, right? And we'll call those sprint muscles. So I think as a church, spiritually speaking, we have conditioned our sprint muscles really, really well. Anybody who's gotten saved, your life looks completely different. You walk in the door and all of a sudden you have rose-colored glasses and that person you didn't like, you like them all of a sudden, right? Everything was dark and gray and then the, the clouds open up, the sun's shining. You hear music when you walk out the door and you can praise God all through that time period. But then the endurance part of the race hits and all of a sudden your praise, your worship gets a little bit quieter, right? In that first season of fire and passion, man, you are blasting worship music on the way to work, right? You're just praising. You don't care who sees. You look like a psychopath because your, your tears are streaming. Your makeup's messed up. Your hands are raised. You're not even opening your eyes on the freeway. You're completely trusting God. But then all of a sudden, the endurance part sets in. And all of a sudden, you're not really worshiping that way anymore. All of a sudden, you stop listening to Bethel on the way to work and you start listening to Bad Bunny. Because our endurance kicked in. So here's the interesting thing about those muscle fibers, right? Building up the sprint muscles versus the endurance muscles. This is gonna blow your mind. It blew my mind. You can only strengthen and condition sprint muscles by doing sprint exercises. And you can only strengthen and condition endurance muscles by enduring. And that's why so many of us lack endurance. 
Because we get into the part where we were about to start to build endurance and we abort. Man, I signed up to serve, but now I got to be here every single week. I got my service leads telling me like I got to be here and they're on my case because I show up late. Abort. Man, I've been praying for a spouse and then I met this guy, but he's asking me to be accountable and I got to tell him where I'm at and he's got to know who I'm hanging out with and he won't let me hang out with my guy friends. She won't let me. Abort. Because right when you're about to build your endurance, you don't want any part of it. Right about when you're about to see a breakthrough and start to feel the endurance kick in and all of a sudden when you're dying, right? Everybody, you never ran before, you start running and you're like, <laughs> and then somebody walks by and you're like, and then you just wait like long enough for them to pass you by and you're like, <laughs> right when you're getting into that mode where you're about to build your endurance, you completely abort the process because you don't like the feeling of suffering. See, we're really, really good at flexing the, in, the sprint praise muscles, the sprint worship muscles when everything's going well. But the endurance worship, the endurance praise that trails off the moment that things don't go our way. And I can see why the Holy Spirit wanted to address this issue today because for us to do the things that he wants us to do. And I hope that if you're in the room today and you call yourself a, a believer or a follower of Jesus, you know that life is more than just you getting the house that you want. Life is more than you just getting the position or the degree or the salary that you're looking for. We have a purpose here on this earth and it extends far beyond my comfort. but we're not the only ones. I want you to be encouraged this morning. You're not the only ones who've had endurance issues. I think of this specific scripture and I think of it often. Jesus is about to go to the cross and he goes to the garden of Gethsemane and he is, he is so just into what is about to happen, about what he's about to face that he begins to sweat blood his probably greatest hour of need when he needed people to come alongside him and support him. So he brings his closest disciples with him and he tells them to pray. He goes off and prays. He comes back and they're knocked out. It's late at night, I get it. But it's like this Jesus that you've been with the whole time, you've walked with him, you've seen him, you've done miracles with him. By his word, you've done miracles. Those sprint muscles come into play, right? All of a sudden, the endurance is not there when he needs them most. He comes back and he says, couldn't you just pray with me for even one hour? So this is an issue that the church has been facing for a long time, but I believe that God is calling us up and out. I want to be honest in church today. The first time I ever tried to pray for an extended period of time, I was like maybe 16, 17 years old. I had some families that were in an intercessory ministry, and I thought, I'm going to be the best Christian I can be this morning, I'm gonna get up early, I'm gonna go pray at 6 a.m. for an hour, and then I'm gonna go to school. Devil, watch out. And I remember I got into position to pray, and I was on my knees on a chair, and I had my head on the chair. Next thing you know, I wake up, it's about an hour later. You know, the messed up thing was they left me there on my knees, so when I got up, I was like, oh, God. knees all hurting, didn't even pray for more than a couple minutes. 
But then I remember recently, and this is, this is often how it works. When I began to pray for over an hour, and I think if Jesus was asking his disciples to pray for at least an hour, I think that's something that we as believers should strive to. But I remember the first time that I actually began to pray for over an hour in regular occurrence. Guess what was going on? Suffering. And I was in the middle of an endurance season. We can't avoid the suffering, the discomfort, the things that we're not comfortable or happy with because that's where endurance is built. Speaking of sleeping in church, okay, I'll give you this one for free. Don't apply it here because I've never seen one person sleep in church here. I hope we never do. So don't, don't save this for here, but save it for some other church, right? If you ever fall asleep in church, like have a standby, have the Bible open in front of you, you know, so that if somebody thinks you're asleep, you're like, no, I'm just reading the Bible. An extra pro tip. Here's the one, here's the one unforgivable thing that you can't pass off. When you're knocked out and your head snaps back like that, you ever been in church? Come on, if you've been in church before, you've definitely been where you've been tired and you've been trying to pull the whole, I'm reading my Bible thing, but then your head snaps back. A guy gave me a pro tip for that. He said, point. <laughs> if I ever see any of you pull that move, I'll know exactly what's going on. Some of the best, some of the best uh, tip I had ever, ever gotten in my life. But here's the danger in lacking spiritual endurance is that you can possibly give up before you get your breakthrough. You can be right at the door. And that's the thing about endurance is you don't really actually know when it's gonna end. You don't actually know when the finish line is within sight. Like in, in, in actual physical races, you can see the goal line, right? But I think that is why in spiritual moments, in spiritual seasons, in this race of spiritual faith, I think that's why you can't see it. Because it takes more faith to keep running when you can't see the finish line. But I wanna encourage you this morning, okay? This wasn't all just to beat up on you, right? I wanna encourage you this morning, I wanna let you know this, that endurance has a season. It has a season, right? So. I wanna read this real quick in Galatians 6, 9. It says, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap a harvest. I'm gonna read that again. So, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due what? We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Endurance has a season. So there is an appointed time. When I read this, I understand this. There is an appointed time, both in time and duration, that a season of enduring will last. Everywhere has seasons. Everywhere in the world has seasons. We moved from California. I feel like maybe there's like two seasons. Mostly it's like perfect summer weather. And then maybe you have one month of like winter-ish but I can still put on a light jacket and I'm good to go. Texas, I'm still trying to put my thumb on it, but here's what I've landed on. You can correct me if I'm wrong afterwards. There's like nine months of like hospitable weather where I can manage. And then there's three months where you shouldn't wish your ex to be outside like during that time. Now, those of you who want your ex outside, like there's, the, there's a healing issue, right? You, like, you, you need something there. 
But here's a, here's a trippy thing, right? Take this personally for every single person in the room. The California season doesn't look like the Texas seasons. What your season looks like may not be what your neighbor's season looks like. But let me encourage you further. Even the desert has seasons. Even the desert has seasons. But some of us, we walk through a desert season and because we don't like the scenery, we completely scrap the entire lesson that we could be learning. Because we're out in the midst of a place that looks ugly as all day long and there's not a green thing in sight, we will completely miss the ability to grow our endurance during that desert season. Endurance has a season. Your season will come to an end. That endurance moment, it will come to an end. It will come to pass. You will hit a point in your season where all of a sudden, it doesn't feel like you're enduring anymore. You are just running, right? You're no longer dying. You no longer have to pretend like you're not dying when somebody passes by. You're gonna be running full on and you're gonna be able to have conversations. If you take the season, if you allow endurance to be built in the middle of the season. You know, when I first actually started running, I realized how important pace was. And my favorite pace as a runner was about like 10 minutes. I love a 10 minute mile. I could probably do like 10 or 15 miles. I've never done it. But I probably could do like 10 or 15 miles going a 10 minute mile pace. But I would run with some guys who would run like, you know, sub nine, they do like 8.45, 8.30, and that was their 10-minute mile pace. It was not mine, but what I discovered when I was running the right pace for me, I could really enjoy the run. I could talk, I could have conversation, I could laugh with you, but if I start running at 8.45 or 8.30, man, in conversation, you're gonna get a lot of, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And that's about all I'm good for. I can't even laugh because I probably would die. Because at 8.30, at that pace that doesn't fit me, at 8.30, at that pace that doesn't fit me, that doesn't fit my life, that doesn't fit what God is doing in my heart and in my season, I can't even have a conversation. I can't even have a conversation. But I also want to tell you this, that endurance has a reason. There is a reason for endurance. James 1, 2 through 4 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy for you know that when your faith is tested, that's the uncomfortable part, right? When your faith is tested, that's the uncomfortable part because this is where actually rubber beats the road and I gotta figure out, do I actually believe what I say that I believe? Now, I told my friend at work that, you know, finances are rough, man. Pray, put your trust in Jesus. Don't stop tithing. But hey, all of a sudden, something hits my bank account that I wasn't pre prepared for. Do I actually believe it? Am I going to keep tithing or am I not? For you know that when your faith is tested, 
your endurance has a chance to grow. There's a reason why you're going through the test because there's an opportunity for your endurance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed. You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Here's the thing about that scripture, right? That the perfect and complete, needing nothing part, I have a lot of issue with that. Because I don't see myself in that lens of perfect and complete and needing nothing, even though I've been through some seasons of endurance, and even recently. But here's the reality of the situation is when he says perfect and complete, needing nothing, he's not talking about having everything that I want. He's talking about my endurance because I will walk into another season. See, Kenan, Pastor Kenan and I, we've been through some things, man. We've seen some troubles. We've seen some sorrows. We've had some hard times. We've seen the bank account go negative and then just pray and ask God, like, what are you going to do about it? Because our, our income is our income. I could sell something, I guess. I don't know. We've seen some things, but here's the thing about going through things is once you've been through some stuff and it usually gets harder and harder, once you've been through some stuff, when another mountain shows up, you tend to just look at it and go, okay, we could do that. You tend to, and even if it's a bigger mountain, I remember the first time I started hiking, man, the hikes were pretty flat. I'm gonna be honest. It was like the Katy Trail, right? That was my first hike. Not a hike, really. It was like a walk or like a saunter, you know? But then I got into actual hiking and I started doing hikes that were like 2,000 feet in elevation. I did an overnight in the back country of California and did, I can't remember, it was like 12,000 feet in elevation over a couple of days. See, the thing about endurance is once you build it up, once you go through a season of endurance, no matter if the mountain gets bigger or not, you take the same endurance that you started out with and finished with in your last season, and you look at that new mountain and you say, you know what? We got this. I don't know where it's going to come from, but we've got this. We've already been through situations. We've already been through seasons doing you, Jesus. And I know that you will get me through. I know that you will take me through. Look at Romans chapter five, verse two through five. So it says this, it says, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And verse three, I really wanna look at, right? It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. Another translation says, and hope does not disappoint. Some of us, we're praying for things we don't have endurance for. Some of us are praying for things that we do not have endurance for. But here's the thing, if you don't have the endurance for it, you won't have the character for it. And if you don't have the character for it, you won't have the hope for it. And if you don't have the hope for it, you can be put to shame. Because I'm telling you this right now, what you're praying for, you need endurance. You need endurance to be the husband or wife you want to be. 
You need endurance to be the parent that you want to be. You need endurance to be the entrepreneur that you want to be. You need endurance, but if you don't allow these seasons, the seasons before you gain the answered prayer, the season before amen comes to pass, the season after yes, I want it, Lord. Yes, I receive it, Lord. If you don't gain endurance, you won't have what you need for the prayer that you've been praying for. But here's the last thing that I want to encourage you with is that endurance has a reward. Endurance has a reward. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. The scripture we started off with, but I want to pull in verse 2. So it says, therefore, since we are so surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely I feel a word on that. Some of you, you're beginning your race and you need to know, number one, that there's a difference between sin and weight. And number two, that those things will fall off of you as you run. Some of you, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're saying, I'm, I'm in no spiritual shape to run right now. And the Lord is saying, don't worry about the weight. Don't worry about the sin. Just run with me and it will fall off. Man, some of y'all, you have burdened yourself with shame. See, sin is the thing that you did to gain the shame. Shame is the thing, the weight that you put on yourself after you've done the sin. You've burdened yourself with shame, this weight that is preventing you from running. And he's saying, don't worry about the weight. It will come off if you run with me. We're, so, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus. Can I tell you that there's a clue there on, on how to wait, on how to endure? Looking to Jesus. Let us run with endurance, looking to Jesus. It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, the weight, because he wouldn't be held back. The shame of the sin that he took on for us, he would not be held back for it because there was a reward waiting on the other side. I wanna give you a couple examples of great real world endurance. The first one is, it comes from the animal kingdom. There's these blue wildebeest in Africa. What I find most remarkable about them is that when their calves are born, they learn to run within 10 minutes of being born. Not just walk. They learn to run within 10 minutes of being born. But to understand why that was genetically written into them, into their makeup, you have to understand their life. Every year, they make a 500 to 1,000 mile migration, every year. 
they spend the majority of their life running. So they have to learn to run basically from the get or else they won't make it. Can I tell you a secret that you may not have known this morning? That your endurance, what you're enduring right now is an indication of what is coming next. Can I say that again? That what you are enduring, what you're walking out, what you're shouldering, what you're crying about at night, it's an indication to what's coming next, the reward that's on the other side. I'll give you a human example. This guy named Dean Carnezes, in October 18, 2005, he ran nonstop for 350 miles. Nonstop for 350 miles. First of all, put that man in a crazy house because that is wild. Whoever has to get up in the morning and has a desire to run 350 miles nonstop, there is something wrong with you. Pray for that man. But he literally pushed himself for over 80 hours, relentlessly pounding the pavement until he finally finished his journey. Do you wanna know what I think is the greatest biblical example of endurance? I think there's a lot of examples of endurance in the Bible, but here's the one that I really think takes the cake. Jesus waiting 33 years to go to a cross to rescue you and I from the sin that was killing us. Think about it. He was sent here, he came here to do that very thing. Can you imagine how much his heart ached when he walked around? As soon as he saw what people were going through, walking around and seeing the faces, I, I, I get this picture that when he was walking around Jerusalem, when he was walking around Israel, that he saw my face, that he saw your face, not just the people in front of him, but imagine the agony of having to wait 33 years to get there. But the Bible says that he willingly endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. See, spiritual endurance looks a lot different than physical endurance. The first time I ever ran over a mile, I was ecstatic. I grew up with like really bad bronchitis, like borderline asthma, couldn't really run that much. So I never actually ran a mile until I was like 33 or something like that. First time I ran a mile, man, I texted and told everybody about it. I was so, I was just proud of myself, to be honest. I didn't think I could do it. And then I had a friend who reached out to me and he said, hey, you wanna run like four or five miles with me? And I was like, no, man. <laughs> I just ran a mile the other day. I can't run five miles. He said, come on, bro. He's like, I promise you. We'll take an easy pace. You'll see, you can do it. So I don't know about you, but I'm an internal complainer. So we were in that first mile and I was like, man, I hate this guy. Like, he lied to me. Some of y'all, you're in this room today and you're looking at the person that brought you here and you're like, man, you lied to me. But then after that first mile, my, my body adjusted and got used to it. And all of a sudden, I was enjoying the run. 
And again, I was shocked at like, wow, how am I doing this? And by the end of the time, we had ran, I think it was like 4.5 miles. And I was like, bro, you wanna go again tomorrow? And he's like, chill, bro, I don't, we just ran five miles. But I was so ecstatic about what I was able to accomplish. There's more in you than you're aware of. There's more endurance in you than you even know. But you're letting your history, you're letting your past, you're letting what other people said tell you that you can't run the race of faith. But here's the thing I came to understand. See, I wasn't running at the time, but I was doing other things. I was doing CrossFit, we were doing burpees and all kinds of crazy stuff. I didn't realize that the endurance that was used for those things was actually building up my endurance for running. Some of you, you have history with the Lord. You have done things with him that have built up a layer of endurance inside of you. And I'm here today to tell you that whatever you are going through, maybe you haven't been through it before today, but you have endurance inside of you that you are not aware of. You have a strength that exists inside of you that is gonna carry you through. You have the ability to make it. Can I just say that over you this morning? You are going to make it. You will not fall. You will not fall. You will not die. Your life will preserve. Isaiah 40 says this. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on, stand up and let me speak this over you. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not grow weary. That sounds like endurance. They shall run and not faint. You have a strength in you that you don't even know. And here's the cheat code, it's him. It's him. It's him. Looking to Jesus, it's him. It's him. Paul said it, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. The endurance that you have inside of you, it's him. He's with you. You're not running alone today. You're not facing the situation alone today. You have a hope in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Can I pray for you? Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord God, for everything that you have done, everything that you are doing in the hearts of your people to cause us to be a people that has endurance, Lord. If there's anybody in the room when you're, you're listening to this talk and you're saying, man, I haven't even actually started my race or I stopped running a long time ago, but I wanna start again today. I wanna start my faith walk with Jesus again. I wanna start my endurance race with Jesus again. Nobody's looking around. Would you just slip up your hand? I wanna pray for you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can we pray this prayer together? Everybody, especially those that raise their hands, will pray this prayer together. Jesus, I trust you. I know that you're with me, even in the suffering, even in the desert. I trust that you are leading. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for taking on shame. I lay it at your feet.
and I'm ready to run with you. In your name, amen. Can we make some noise for those people? Come on, heaven is lit up right now. Heaven is lit up right now and celebrating you.